Seeds Kids Director, Austin Wiseman, is coming to bring the word to us this morning. Praise God. Would you guys just stretch your hands toward him as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Austin. We thank you for what he is and who he is to, uh, not, not just to you, God, but to this body. He's such a blessing to us. He's such a blessing here to us at Seeds and to the community in, in ways that we can reach kids. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for him. And so, Lord, we just, we lift him up to you right now. We pray that when he speaks, that your words would come out. And Lord, we pray for ourselves, that we would hear exactly what it is that you're wanting to say to us, Holy Spirit. And that when we leave out of this place, in some way, we would be uh, different than when we walked in. Mm -hmm. That our lives would a little bit more reflect who you've called us to be. We'd be equipped even a little bit more to do what you've called us to do. And everybody said amen. 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 Give another big hand clap. Yeah. Good morning. How are we doing today? That was, that was all right. How are we doing today? Better. All right. I'm a kids pastor, so you guys know you got to, like, give me some energy here, okay? I mean, this is going to be good for all of us. All right. Um, well, I believe that God has something amazing in store for you today, and he's probably already started it, and now he just wants to continue it, and all you have to do is receive. All right. So I'd love you to stand to your feet this morning. And we're going to start off with something that we do every single week in our Seeds Kids classroom. It is called the Receiver's Revelation. So if you want to put your hands out like this, this is a sign that you're going to receive from God today. You're going to receive from God. He has great things in store for you, and all you have to do is rest and receive. The two R's, rest and receive. All right, so they're going to put that on the screen, and we're going to read it together. And I want you to declare it. When you declare something out over yourself, you're speaking it with power and authority. And so we're going to speak this with the authority that's been given to us through Jesus. All right, so let's sing it to, or not sing it, let's say it. I don't have a song. All right, here we go, ready. Today I will receive from God. I believe he is who he says he is. I believe I am who he says I am. My mind is ready. My heart is open. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you may have a seat. Boom. You may have a seat. You may have a seat. All right, um, this morning, uh, this, this uh, message I'm giving is called Case Closed, um, and so I want to start off with a scripture that the Lord has just really laid on my heart for like the past few weeks, and it's just been, I've just been milling over it, and um, it's incredible, um, and so I want them to put uh, Romans 8.1, the second one, Lindsay. I'm going to read it to you. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. The case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation. None, zero, with those who are in life union with Jesus. What that means is that as you walk through life as a believer, you are given the righteousness of Christ. The case is closed. God shut the book. He hit the mallet on the table. He said, it's, you're free. There's no condemnation. The case is closed. The case is closed for you. Mistakes, worry, fear, anxiety. The case is closed. Don't reopen it. Don't reopen it. Don't reopen what God has shut. 
do not reopen what God has shut. And what God shut was condemnation and shame against you. And what he opened for you was freedom and joy and peace and life. He opened that and he shut the other one. So when the enemy comes and he tries to look at you and he tries to remind you of shame or condemnation, of the mistakes that you have, the mistakes that you've, that you've made, the, the guilt that you should have, your past, should define you, we can start off and look at the enemy and say, the case is closed. The case is closed and you're defeated. You're defeated. I'm not reopening what God shut. I'm going to only open what he has for me, which is my freedom, my joy, my peace. And I'm going to receive more and more and more and more because the Father wants to give it to me. What he doesn't want to give is condemnation or shame. He'll never give that to you. He'll never give that to you. But it all comes from what you are choosing to listen to. What you are choosing to listen to. As a believer, in this world, we have voices. We have so many things just flying at us saying, you know, you're not good enough or you, um, you really failed at this or, man, you, yeah, you just suck. <laughs> it's not hard. I meet a lot of people who say, it's really difficult for me to hear the voice of God. Well, you hear the voice of the enemy just fine. So why is it hard for you to hear the voice of God? You hear the voice of the enemy just fine, whether it be through people or through your own self. So why is it hard for you to hear the voice of God? It's because you haven't spent time with him to understand what his voice sounds like. But you've spent way too much time living in the condemnation and shame that the enemy wants to bring to you. So we're really well in tune with what the enemy has to say. But then we get all confused and say, oh, God, are you telling me to go over here? Are you telling me to go over here? I don't know what to do. Lord, speak to me. And he's like, I've been speaking for the past month. But you have to know my voice. And so how do you know his voice? You read his word. You read his word and you spend time with him. If I want to know Jody, I'm going to go spend time with Jody. I'm going to, yes, good for you. I'm going to spend time with you. Just love. Coffee. Um, if I want to get to know somebody, I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to spend time with them. I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm going to be intentional about who I spend my time with and what I say to them and what I receive from them. If I'm receiving something from somebody that is not good for my spirit, then it's not right for me to be receiving for them, from them. So you have to decide, who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the voice of condemnation or shame? Or are you going to listen to the anointed one? All right? So you have to decide that you are going to spend time with him. If I want Jesus to be my best friend, which is what we teach down the hallway, I got to spend time with my best friend. I got to know what he sounds like. I got to know what he likes. And what he likes is you. I got to know what he enjoys. I got to know what his personality is. Jesus is a person and he has personality. He has personality and he is crazy about you. He's crazy about how much he loves you, how much he enjoys you. He's crazy about you. 
Jesus, a relationship with Jesus is not a to-do list that you check off during the day. It's time spent with a person to understand who he is that then you understand who you are. If you don't spend time with him, then you're going to spend time living with the case open. And it doesn't mean you have to sit and read your Bible all day and just pray and pray and pray. Lord, please speak to me. It means a constant awareness that Jesus walks with you. Jesus goes before you. He goes behind you. He stands beside you. He is with you all days, every single second of the day. It's understanding that because then when a situation arises during the day that tries to throw you off, when the enemy, when he comes and he tries to say that you deserve shame or that you're, uh, you don't meet the mark, you can remind yourself that Jesus stands with you. Jesus has gone before you. He's gone behind you to clean up your past. He stands beside you and walks with you. And that's the voice you become aware of. It doesn't just happen when you sit with your Bible open, you know, in your room. It happens all day. It happens all day. Jesus doesn't just come to you when you're sitting in those moments. Jesus walks with you at all moments. At all moments. And when we try to confine him and define him to a space or a time, we limit what he can do. We limit what he can do. But when you walk with an awareness that Jesus, the anointed one, lives inside of you and walks with you, then when the enemy comes and tries to accuse you of things that do not belong to you, when he tries to reopen the case, you can say, Jesus, how about you deal with this for me? You deal with this for me. Oops, you already did. Thanks. A lot of the times we ask God, oh, Lord, please, would you just handle the situation? He did it. He did it. And so now you have to receive it. All right? So if you need healing, then you don't have to beg God to do it for you. You have to say, I thank you that I am healed in Jesus' name. Now, my present circumstances may not reflect that, but I know in the heavenly realms, I have fullness. And therefore, I'm just going to receive it here on earth. I'm going to receive it. You don't have to beg God to speak to you. You don't have to beg God to spend time with you. He's there all the time waiting in anticipation for you to understand who you are as a son and a daughter. He's waiting with anticipation. You wake up in the morning and he does a jump twist. Tell the kids that every week. God does a jump twist. He's excited that you're awake. He's excited that you're awake. He's excited to spend time with you. But a lot of the times we wake up in the morning and we're busy and we got to get our coffee and we got to get to work and we got to get all these other things. We're very busy. We're very busy people. But God's excited when you wake up. And it's understanding that. It's understanding that he's excited because of the impact you can have. Oh, I can't wait to see what she's going to do today. I can't wait to see it. What's he going to do? What's he going to do today? I'm walking with them. If they understand it, they're going to be able to do great things. Things greater than even Jesus did. He told us that. He told us that. Greater things will you do than I did. But we as believers don't walk in that because we tend to walk in this. Condemnation and shame. We tend to open the case. Well, I messed up today. I, uh, didn't do what I was supposed to. I sinned against God, and I'm just not worthy to minister to people. 
when God says, I've made you worthy to minister to people, and I dealt with that. So now you're calling. You are unqualifying yourself. Don't unqualify what God has qualified. Life union. The end of that. Joined in life union with Jesus. When you are joined in life union, it means that it cannot be broken. There's two meanings. Life union. Cannot be broken. It's for life. All right? It's for you, for life. If it was in conditional union, we'd have something else to talk about. But in life union, it's for life. Because Jesus knew what was going to happen tomorrow, the next day, three days ago, and he said, got it. Got it. Case shut. Case closed. Don't even worry about it. Walk in your authority. The second meaning that life union has means that you should be coming to life when you're in life union. So any area of your heart, your mind that is dead or weary or dry, speak to it and say, come back to life in Jesus' name. I have life union with Jesus, so anything that's dead does not belong. It does not belong with me because I am full of life. I'm full of life because I'm full of the anointed one. And where the anointed one is, there can be no dry or dead places. I want you to understand that. Anywhere that Jesus walked, the room shifted. The atmosphere changed. And so if there's any area of your life that is dead, simply invite the anointed one in to bring life to it. Invite him in and receive it. You don't have to do the work. He did the work for you. Simply invite him in. Invite him in to bring life to what was dead. Life union. For life and giving life to you. Case shut. It's what you have. The next scripture, Romans 8, 4. So now, there we go. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. We are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. You can choose to live by your flesh and choose to operate on your own strength. If I could just do this, if I could be better, if I could, if I could just try a little harder. But God tells us, operate by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you operate by the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot fail. It's impossible. It is impossible for you to fail if you're operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you mess up and if you fail, the Holy Spirit's going to come right alongside of you and correct it. It may not be in the time frame that you think it's going to happen, but God is working all things to your advantage. So when you operate by the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. And we as believers, you have the opportunity to walk through life. You have the opportunity to leave this church building and say, that was great. Wow. Lovely. Did you hear that song? It was so sweet. 
wow, Jamie really touched me with her voice. Then you leave the church building and Jesus doesn't come to your mind until next Sunday when the next song is sweet. But those who operate by the power of the Holy Spirit with the anointed one living inside of them walk out of this building and say, I am ready to change the world around me. Sickness, it's time for you to leave. Somebody comes to you and they're weary. Not today. Not today because I have the anointed one living inside of me. You operate by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not you having to do anything well. It's the Holy Spirit doing well through you. The Holy Spirit doing well through you. If you have to do something well, it's your power. And therefore, it will never be to the measure that God wants to take it. God wants to elevate you. But you have to let him. God doesn't want you down in the pit. He doesn't want you in the slums. He wants to elevate you. But he's going to elevate you by you walking in your anointing and power through the Holy Spirit. Through the anointed one living inside you, you're just going to go higher and higher and higher and higher. And people are going to look at you and say, what's happening? A year ago, you were a mess. And you can look to them and say, well, nothing I've done. It's the anointed one. It's the Holy Spirit moving through me. So when you walk into a room, I said it earlier, Jesus walked into a room and situations changed just by touching the hem of his garment. Healing. And Jesus looks to you and says, greater things will you do. He, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Jesus had it resting on him. But you have it inside of you. It is in you. It's in your being. It's who you are. Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit cannot take place where there is imperfection. The Holy Spirit only goes where there is righteousness and completeness. The Spirit of God cannot be anywhere that's not perfect, all right? But he's inside of you, and because he's given you his righteousness, it's made you completely clean, completely perfect, and therefore the Spirit can take residence in you. But if you operate out of a mindset of, I messed up, I have to repent 17 times this morning, God's going to say, well, Jesus has paid for this for you, um, if you need to, you know, work on it for your relationships on earth, great. But as far as you and me go, we're perfect. My spirit lives inside of you. I see you as righteous. I see you as incredible and amazing. Don't have condemnation or shame. Don't open the case that I've shut. Operate in the power that I've given you. Don't let the enemy steal that power from you. And the only way he can steal that power from you is if, you, if, it's if he lies to you. He's just a liar. Right. And lies will cause you to do things that are out of your character. Right. But if you know the voice of the anointed one and you operate by the power of the spirit living inside of you, the enemy can't do anything. Amen. He can't do anything. He's going to come to you and say something and you're going to be like, oh, I recognize that as a lie. Because I know the voice of the anointed one. How well do you know his voice? How well do you know his voice? And don't negate what the Holy Spirit is doing. Oh, that was just me. That had to be just me. <laughs> so with believers, that's one of the most... 
cringing things. That had to be just me. Well, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, so it's one of you. <laughs> so just decide which one it is. Okay? Like, just decide which one it is. If it matches the Word of God, it's from the Holy Spirit. Stop questioning yourself. If he tells you to go pray for somebody, oh, that's just me. You don't want me to do that. That's not fair. That's not, I don't want to do that. No, go pray for them because you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. People need what you have. Are you going to give it out? Are you going to keep it in? People need what you have. They want it. They don't know it, but they want it. When they see it, they're going to crave it. Wow. Your life, you're being elevated higher and higher. I, I want what you have. I, I really want what you have. Well, great. Let me take you with me. Let me show you this guy named Jesus. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in. Let's let him move. Let's let him work. Let's let him do things that you can't do on your own. That would be unnatural for you. Out of your character. People's, people blame personality. J.D. Puss about this the other day. People blame personality or, that's out of my comfort zone. You know, I just, mm, I'm introverted. I don't want to go pray for somebody. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to pray for somebody. So don't let it be you. Let it be him. Okay? Because you're just going to negate yourself all day. I can't do it. A negative. I, I'm not powerful. Well, okay, no, but the Holy Spirit is. He's living inside of you, so let him out. Let him do what, what he needs to do. Do not define yourself by your weaknesses. Shut the case and say, I'm anointed. I am powerful. I am righteous. I can leave this place today and I can shift people's lives through Jesus, the anointed one coming out through me. People don't, when people encounter me, I never want them to live in fear. I never want them to have worry or pain or anxiety. I want to squash that. I want to speak life into it. I want to let the Holy Spirit just flood out. Say, no, that's, that's not who you are, actually. Presently struggling, soon to be restored. I'm presently struggling with fear, but the Holy Spirit is restoring me. I don't have to stay there. Presently struggling with the sickness, Holy Spirit is coming to restore me because of Jesus who paid for my health. Presently struggling, soon to be restored. If you don't operate, join with the Spirit, you cannot be truly yourself. There's going to be a hole missing. You're going to be filling it with things that um, seem like God. You know, you can listen to a lot of sermons. You can read a lot of books. You can go to a lot of worship services. But until you let the Spirit come and fill you, it's going to be void. You may learn a lot of good information, but you will never be able to accomplish and be fully yourself until you let the Spirit work through you. Don't waste your time listening to a thousand podcasts unless you're going to invite the Spirit to come change your life through it. I can listen all day to a podcast, but unless I let the Spirit, let it take residence in my heart, it's useless. Oh, I listened to podcasts today. Check that off the list. God's so pleased with me. God was pleased with you before you looked at the podcast. 
He's still pleased with you, but he wants you to operate in the spirit because he wants to unleash his kingdom on the earth. You can just fill, 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 and be just a full tank of water and never let any of it out. And people are thirsty. So give them something to drink. Stop filling, 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 and letting it just flood over onto yourself. Yay, like a shower. Put a fire hose on it and let it out. Okay? Let it out. Operate in the fullness of the Spirit. Operate in the fullness of the Spirit. The case is closed. It's not there, but it's closed. (laughs) All right? That's what stops us, is thinking that we're not good enough or that we can't do it. I'm not a pastor. I wasn't either two years ago, but I still let it out because... The pastor does not have more authority or power than you do. He has the same power, just a different gift. What's your gift? Recognize it. Receive it. Operate in it. I'm not, the pa- I'm not on the prayer team. I can't pray for people. Well, the prayer team wasn't the prayer team before. How do you think they got on the prayer team? They prayed for people. Okay? Like, just operate in the fullness. Good Lord. (laughs) Next. Moving right along. Um, You are destined for glory. You are destined for good things. Destined for great things. Romans 8, 17. Wow, it's like clockwork. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share in all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. I said earlier, you will unqualify yourself to do what God has called you to do. But God has qualified you through the Holy Spirit. You will unqualify yourself. Okay, well, you have every gift inside of you. Just choose to operate in it. Choose to operate in it. You are qualified because God qualifies the called. And he has called you. He's called you to greatness. He's called you to glory. And therefore, he's qualified you. You're not unworthy. You are worthy. If God thought you were unworthy, why would he give you something? People who, you know, I'm not worthy to receive this. Yes, you are. Walk in it. Jesus died so that you could have what you have. I'm not worthy to receive this peace, God, but you grant it to me so graciously. No, you are worthy because that's negating the power of Jesus. Jesus has made you worthy. So don't walk around and say, oh, those shirts that say, uh, like, unworthy, but he gave it to me anyways or whatever. I'm like, oh, take that off. Take that off. You're not unworthy. Why would you walk around with a shirt that says unworthy? Why would you define yourself as something that God does not define you as? Sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. Yeah, you were saved by grace, but you're no longer a sinner. I don't want to walk around with a shirt that says sinner. I'm going to walk around with a shirt that says saint with his righteousness. What you declare matters. 
God's qualified you. He's qualified you. He's called you. He's stepped you into what you need to be into. All right? He's qualified you exactly where you are. So don't, don't negate yourself with your words. Your words have power. And you can either choose to speak them out with authority, or you can choose to operate in, with the case being opened. Sinner, unworthy. No. Righteous and a saint. Worthy, called, anointed, redeemed, saved, loved. Let's wear those shirts. Let's wear those name tags. You go back to the kids' ministry, every kid has a name tag on them that says what God says about them. I don't want them to walk with a, a label that is not true. Even if they haven't accepted Jesus yet, God still cares about them, still loves them, and he is waiting in anticipation for the day. So let's go ahead and, and teach them. So when they step into it, boom, out the door. Operate in fullness. And a, a side note here, never negate what children say to you. Never negate what children say to you. I was talking to someone yesterday, and um, she said that her daughter <coughs> said, well, anytime, I, I tried to give a word, and they just said, oh, you're so cute. Don't negate that. That's power. Sometimes your words, not even knowing it, can shape the world around you. She understood that, oh, they looked a little bit down on me. But us as adults like, oh, so cute. I am kind, you're nice. No, receive the word because God knew that you needed to hear it that day. And it came from the mouth of a seven-year-old. Operate in the fullness and expect greatness. Expect greatness. And if it comes from a seven-year-old or a 47-year-old, God's going to use it to speak to you, to help you operate in your fullness because he wants to qualify you. See, when this little girl was speaking this out, it was just a reinforcement to the adult. It could have been a reinforcement of saying, hey, you're qualified. You're qualified. You're called. You're amazing. But, oh, that's so cute. You missed it. You missed an appointment with God. The last part of that scripture, we will inherit all that he is and all that he has. You will inherit, you already have, the kingdom of God. What do you need this morning? Don't walk out of this place with lack. If you walk out of this place with lack, you have not received the fullness of the spirit. Don't walk out of here with lack because the kingdom is yours. We will inherit all that he is and all that he has. Everything that Jesus was is available to you. Case closed. It's yours. His anointing, his joy, his peace, his healing. It is yours. And you can choose to receive it or to leave it. And if you leave it, it's just like that tank. Oh, oh, oh. oh showers of mercy. Or you could give it to people as he freely gave it to you. As he freely gave it to you. Romans 8, 19. We're almost done. <laughs> the universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery. 
and decay to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. Your destiny is not simply your job. Your destiny is to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, and to set people free. You're a postman. Great. Go heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, set people free. You work in a bakery. Heal the sick in the bakery. Cast out demons, set people free. That is your destiny. Your destiny is not defined by your job, by your current circumstances. Someone who is a pastor or a worship leader does not have a greater destiny than you do because people can walk into your workplace tomorrow and be set free because you release the spirit to them. People can be set free because of you. Creation is longing for what you have. It's in decay. It's in a mess. It is longing for what you have. It's longing for it. There are people who are desperate to receive peace and they don't even know it. Desperate to receive joy and they don't even know it. And a simple touch from you can release it to them. When I, when I pray for people, I picture the Spirit of God just flowing from my hands into their body. It's not just a happy neighbor. I'm releasing something into them. I'm releasing something that they need. Whether or not they know it or not, I'm releasing something that they need. I'm releasing the joy and the peace. I'm releasing the healing and the understanding. And you have it inside of you. Let it out. Let it out. Okay, last part. Romans 8.34. How could he possibly condemn us since he, Jesus, is continually praying for our triumph? This is so interesting. Jesus is continually praying for your triumph. Holy Spirit and Jesus are sitting with God right now praying for you to succeed. Praying for you to walk in your authority. Praying for you to rise higher and higher. They're looking to the Father and saying, oh, look, they can do it. They can do it. Lord, Father, just give it to him. Give it to him. Jesus is pleading on your behalf because he paid for it. So he's sitting there and he's saying, hey, hey Father, I paid for that one. They got to have it. And he's like, you're right. Here it is. Here it is. Jesus is continually praying for you. If you understand that, if you understood that Jesus not only fought your battle and won it, but that he stands beside you and is praying in expectation for you to, to rise up and be who you truly are, you'd never want to go back. You'd never want to live in mediocrity. You'd never want to live in... Um, Condemnation. Jesus is continually praying for you. There's a, um, a story in the Old Testament with um, Moses and Aaron and her. And her's a guy. It's not just her. Her and her. She. 
it's a man. So um, Aaron, I, I, want, I want you to see that God orchestrated this from the beginning of time. This is an exodus, what I'm going to share from you in just, in just a minute. It's an exodus. Do not negate the Old Testament saying, Jesus isn't there. I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the New Testament. Because Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. You have to open your eyes and see where he's at. Where is he? Where is he moving? What's he doing? Unnamed servants? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Okay, so in this story, Joshua's fighting this battle. Moses has to have his arms lifted in order for um, Joshua's army to win. Most people know the story. Had to have his arms lifted for the battle to be won. He started lowering them, and Joshua's army was being defeated. So Aaron and Hur, who's a man, came up and held his arms up so that Moses didn't even have to work for it. And the battle was won because of that. And so this is a perfect reflection of what's happening in Romans a perfect reflection. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are sitting right by God, holding his arms up, saying, the victory's won. Give this to them. Release it. Release it. They're constantly praying for you. So in the Old Testament, God wanted to give us a glimpse into what Jesus is constantly doing for you. A glimpse of, he's holding your arms up so that you can win the battle. And he's sitting next to the Father saying, paid for that one. Paid for that one too. And the Father is pleased with him, so he's pleased with you. The Father is pleased with him and wants to give Jesus everything because Jesus accomplished what he was set out to do. Father wants to give him everything and Jesus wants to give it to you. Receive it. Take it. Understand that your arms in the supernatural are being held up. Your destiny, you cannot miss it if you operate in the power of the fullness of the Spirit. You cannot miss your destiny if you operate in the fullness of the Spirit. It is impossible. You cannot miss it because the Spirit's going to lead you. And even if you take a misstep, God's still going to work all things to your advantage. He's not just going to leave you because you made a mistake. He wouldn't be good if he did that. And God is always good. You are destined for greatness. You are destined to release the spirit of God onto the earth. You are destined to do amazing things. The band could come. Yes. Hallelujah, band. Hallelujah, band. You are, okay. Guess that's my time. Time to, time to go to Chili's. Yes. All right. You are destined. You are destined for greatness. And you get to choose whether or not you want to operate in it. You get to choose whether or not you're going to understand who you are as a son and daughter. The case has been closed for you. It's shut. Do not reopen it. Do not reopen it and let the fear, let the worry, let the anxiety come in saying, I, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't operate like this. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. I'm, this is not my calling. It is your calling. You're called to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to set people free. You're called to bring life to people. 
Seeds Church, you can leave here today and have a nice time at lunch and woo, forget about this. Or you can walk out of here in anointing and authority with the spirit inside of you. You can speak to people this week and say, in Jesus' name, be healed. You can speak to people this week and say, in Jesus' name, you're going to be set free. In Jesus' name, you're going to have life. You're going to have joy. You're going to have peace. Don't be timid by it. Don't be afraid. Jesus is not afraid. The Holy Spirit is not afraid. And he lives inside of you. It's not on your own will, your own accord. It's not what you can do. It's what he can do through you. And so I'd love us to stand. And today, in this place, you have the opportunity, you are seated in heavenly places with the Father. He's placed you there. He has seated you next to Him. Your mistakes, your worries, your fears, all of those things have to flee in the name of Jesus. All of those things have to flee. So if you've been afraid, if you've been afraid to step out in authority, and to use the power that God has given you, I want you to uh, receive it today. I want you to release the fear, release the worry. The oh, that's not for me. I'm not a minister. I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a, a church member. A church, you know, a staff member. Okay. Well, that is really sad because there's only a few of us. <laughs> so therefore, you've just squashed what God wants to do, because you don't receive paycheck. You because a money does not operate your gifts. You operate your gifts. The Holy Spirit operates your gifts. And so you have the power to leave here today and say, I do not want the people around me to live like they're living anymore. I do not want the people around me to be living in fear. I don't want the people around me to be living in shame or condemnation anymore. I want to set them free. And you can choose to release it. I don't want to live in lack anymore. I don't want to live that way. I want to live in the fullness that was paid for me. So church, we have to operate in it. We got to leave this place and walk in it. We got to walk in it. It's your decision. Are you going to walk out of here and be the same? Or are you going to walk out and experience the freedom and the authority given to you by the Holy Spirit and Jesus, the anointed one? Don't open that case. Do not open what God has closed. So I'd love you to close your eyes. I'm a worship leader too. <laughs> close your eyes. And I want you to picture Jesus standing in this room, standing next to you, empowering you, pushing you forward, pushing you forward into greatness, into your destiny. And as we sing this next song, I want us to declare it. I'm a child of God. The world around me is going to change through what Jesus is doing through me. The people around me, they're not going to stay where they are because I'm going to call them higher. I'm going to bring them up. I'm going to set them free through the power of Jesus living inside of me. Don't leave this building experiencing lack. But let the God of fullness fill you in this place. 
Jesus, we thank you that you are filling us up. That you are calling us higher. You're calling us out. Out of condemnation, out of shame, and into authority, into peace, into joy, into your fullness. We sing to you. We dance for you. We worship you. Thank you that we are seated with you in heavenly places. In Jesus' name, amen.